From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shah on VSIN, the sports betting network. And we begin Big Bets here on a Tuesday. Dave Ross and Amal Shah here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Amal, obviously, today the sports world kind of took a backseat to what we saw last night. Uh, with a very, very scary situation in Cincinnati between the Bills and the Bengals. DeMar Hamlin uh, still, as we know, and all we're going to try to do here is be as sensitive to the situation as we can be here. Vison will update uh, the status as we know. We know the family put out another statement today saying he's still in critical condition. Uh, and th- we do not know if we'll get another report today on his uh, updated health. So we're, we're just all hoping, praying for the best a situation that can possibly be made out of a horrific scene last night on the field. Of course, that game was then uh, temporarily uh, canceled last night. They did not resume the game in the the first quarter. And we found out today the NFL has said that this game will not be made up this week. So this Bengals and Bills game uh, right now, as we know, it is off. We don't know if it will be resumed. We do not know if it will be played after week 18. But the NFL has issued this update, and you can see it here if you're watching us on VEASAN.com. But in short, what they are saying is that the schedule, Week 18, will go on as scheduled. So, again, this Bills-Bengals tilt, we do not know how this will be affected uh, down the road. But obviously, uh, from from a football side, we know the importance of the game. From a human side, it has zero importance after what we saw last night. But the NFL trying to figure out exactly what they can do. Kelly, do we have any new information? Yeah, just now? in case you can't read that at home, Roger Goodell informed the clubs today Bills Bengals game will not be resumed this week. 
Uh, NFL has made no decision regarding the possible resumption of the game at a later date. The league has not made any changes to the Week 18 regular season schedule. Yeah, so that is the latest uh, that we're hearing from the league. And again, you know, we, we know how some of this works with the NFL and the NFLPA. They'll be meeting and trying to figure out what the right thing to do. But this is the latest that we have from the NFL. So Week 18 will go on, uh, as we know right now here on a Tuesday, as scheduled. But again, we do not know what will eventually be of that Bills and Bengals game. And again, I will try to update if we get any information DeMar Hamlin's situation uh, in Cincinnati. We know he's still there in the hospital uh, in critical condition. We will try to update that as the show goes on, not just our show, but of course across the VEASAN spectrum as we go. Now, for our part of all, we'll try to get back into the business of sports. Uh, we're going to have Frank Schwab join us at uh, high noon here on uh, Pacific Coast time here. At 3 o'clock there on the East Coast, we'll have Frank, as we normally do on Tuesday, to talk all things NFL. Look ahead to Week 18 and, and how you do go on from here and how it does affect uh, those games that, as the NFL has said right now, will go on. And I'm going to have Wes Reynolds join us here uh, at the bottom half of hour number two. And uh, I can't believe it, but it's is it golf season officially? Can, can we say that when we're having Wes on, of course, uh, the host of Live Bet Tonight with Femi Abebefe, when we have Wes on, to me, Amal, that signals that golf is back. I'm stoked. <laughs> but anyway, uh, aside from being excited, you know, just real quickly, I just want to send yeah. out uh, thoughts and prayers to uh, the Hamlin family. I'll tell you what, it's got to be extremely tough. You're watching at home, uh, yes. probably not in the stadium. Even if you're in the stadium, don't know what's going on. So all the best to them. And obviously to DeMar Hamlin, wish him a speedy recovery. But I thought the NFL handled it with tremendous class and grace. And particularly kudos to Zach Taylor and the Cincinnati Bengals. Yep. Uh, for their, you know, decision to go along with that. They could have been steadfast in their position, but really hats off to them in terms of how they handle it. And hopefully uh, moving forward, we never see anything like this ever again. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Maul. You know, it's unprecedented when you you have something like that going on in the moment, mm -hmm. right? And you saw the coaches come together trying to figure out what to do. And you could see the emotion, obviously, uh, on the faces of all the players, not just the Bills players, but the Bengals players as well. They're affected by it as well, having to, to, to go through that. We did see the statement from the family of DeMar Hamlin. And to your point about the NFL, and this is, I think, what the family was trying to point out, is the generosity that the world has shown, the NFL community at large has shown to be there in one of the most dire situations you can possibly be. We saw that DeMar Hamlin's mother was there at the game, and she was with her son in transport back to the Cincinnati hospital. So, again, all we can do is give our thoughts and prayers to the family, to DeMar, and hopefully there's a happy ending to this. We don't know how this is going to play out, but that's all we can do at this juncture. But I think you're right. For something that the NFL is not used to dealing with, certainly teams and players are not used to dealing with, in that moment, I, I felt like they, they did the best they possibly could. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, really just I, I thought it was a great job by all around. I was watching generally don't watch too much uh, post-game stuff on ESPN, but I thought uh, SVP and Ryan Clark did a tremendous job yeah. kind of talking about it from an emotional standpoint. And I think it's very difficult for anybody that's truly involved in that like those guys are. So, uh, you know, kudos to them as well. Yeah, and again, we had Lorenzo Alexander on the show yesterday. He's part of the NFLPA. Of course, uh, you know, longtime member of the Buffalo Bills. And, we, you know, all we talk was game, game, game. And that's all, you know, that's normally what we think about. And, and then when you have to think about these things, it, it does take you back. And it does kind of reality slapping you in the face that, uh, you know, these are, these are human lives at stake. And we just hope that DeMar Hamlin is going to be okay. That's, that's our hope here 
uh, as we push on. So, again, we'll get back to the business of football a little, a little bit later on with, with Frank Schwab here in hour number two. And, again, we'll talk with Wes Reynolds uh, about some college football. We have one more college football game to play, the national championship. Uh, what were your thoughts yesterday uh, on the uh, college football spectrum there? Again, Cam Rising goes out in the Utah game, and that thing really flipped as Penn State. Those tickets cash easily if you had Penn State in that Rose Bowl game. Yeah, I thought Penn State was impressive. You wind up with three teams in the Big Ten. Uh, wind up with pretty good seasons there, about 12-2, and 11-2 for several other teams there. So really nice job by Penn State. I thought uh, James Franklin needed to win a big game yeah. and he did that they were really dominant I know Cam Rising went out with an injury but still I thought Penn State was going to be able to prevail regardless of the rising situation felt like it would have been a lot more competitive and the total gets over uh near the you know basically the final play of the game I, I thought that was a tough game to call from a total standpoint and it, it really came down to the very end there it did and again this game was knotted up at 14 at the half and uh you know the second half it did feel like even before the injury to Cam Rising Penn State felt like the better team as they get that 14-point victory. There is one more college football game to be played, mm -hmm. and that will be next Monday night uh, in the National Championship with TCU. I'm uh, going to take on Georgia. Again, we mentioned the numbers yesterday. I want to see if there's been any fluctuation in the marketplace uh, in that updated number, and it really hasn't moved a whole lot. We saw what we heard. The, the look ahead was what, 15 and a half? Got down to 13 and a half yesterday when we saw that adjusted number once we knew the, the exact teams being TCU and, and Georgia. Down to 13. So uh, not a huge move. It's something that you and I talked about. Look, this is why we do some of these exercises, hold or fire, right? You try to figure out where we think that number will go. Does the number stay right around 13 in your estimation for the week, or do you think there's eventually some buyback on Bulldogs going, you're going to give me less than two touchdowns with the reigning defending national champs? Yeah, I'm going to roll the dice with the dogs before this thing goes back up to 14. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. I think both teams are a little bit flawed, right? Like, no disrespect to Georgia and TCU, but we're potentially looking at two teams that could have and should have lost their games. Yeah. I thought Michigan really squandered the opportunities themselves. I mean, give TCU credit for the two plays they made defensively that were returned for pick sixes. But to me, Michigan really stubbed their toe early on. Even if they don't score a touchdown, I would like to have just seen a regular running play uh, in that one with Edwards. If he gets in, he gets in. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But more importantly, you leave the ball at the two, not the 10, because that uh, was it looked like a Philly special that they end up losing eight yards on. I personally would have taken the three points. To me, you know, we talked about it yesterday during the Tulane game, no reason to chase points early on. And if you can avoid doing that, it puts you in a better situation. You know, Tulane was fortunate enough to get the safety, so they didn't need to go for two to be able to tie the game up. Uh, you know, Georgia, give them a ton of credit. They win the football game, but I thought the decision was won or lost for Ohio State on fourth and one when they ran the fake punt. Kirby Smart with a tremendous timeout call. But I would have, if I were Ohio State, I thought time scoring situation warranted you go for it. Mm. Because with a two score lead, if you make it, you really put a lot of pressure on Georgia. But give the dogs credit, not taking anything away from either team's accomplishment. Uh, so I think there's some things that you look at when you see both of these teams where they can be potentially exposed. I think Georgia in the back end. You can throw the ball. I think Max Duggan's mobility is far superior to that of C.J. Stroud. He may not have the arm strength or the um, accuracy of Stroud or the receivers, but Johnson's a first-round pick. He's as good as any receiver in college football. I think he's going to be able to have a, a very good game against his Georgia secondary. And then can they run the ball at times? Um, that, that's the big thing. We saw Keandre Miller get hurt. If Miller's okay, boy, that makes a big difference because he, he can run. He can really run. So from that standpoint, I like TCU. On the flip side, I don't think Georgia played a great game defensively. I think this team is far capable of playing much better than we saw against Oregon, against um, 
excuse me, uh, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. I think this team can really do a lot of things. Right now, though, I, I need to see a little bit more consistency from the dogs' defense. Jalen Carter not completely healthy. Doesn't seem to be able to stay in the game for as many plays. I like TCU plus the 13 here. Um, I, I don't think this is too far out of reach for them to be able to pull this game off. I think the blueprint has been set. And, you know, I had an SEC fan um, tell me, person I really respect in the betting space, say, listen, you know, one thing we had talked about before the game, I had a ton of futures on the Buckeyes, and so I didn't play it, and luckily was able to take Georgia at 375 on the end game when they were down two scores in the fourth quarter. But he said, when you look at this Georgia team, he said to me, you know, everyone's going to say they played Tennessee. He goes, tell me who else you think that they've played that's a decent quarterback that didn't put up numbers on him. Stroud put up numbers? Missouri. <laughs> well, the point, Missouri didn't have a ton of passing yards, but the point is we saw LSU throw the ball on them. We saw C.J. Stroud throw right. the ball on them. There wasn't a single ball I can recall that Stroud threw that was even coming close to getting picked off. Very quickly, and we'll get into this with the months to go, right, mm-hmm. before we get to the NFL draft. After what you saw from Bryce Young – and after what you saw from C.J. Stroud, not saying that that's the end of the conversation for the number one pick for the Houston Texans, who still have the number one pick right now. If GM Amal Shaw is drafting for the Houston Texans, who's your quarterback? Boy, that's a great question, Dave. And not trying to be evasive, it, it comes down to two things for me. Accuracy is the most important thing, which Bryce Young, in my opinion, is a little bit more accurate than C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. So I'd give him an edge there. However, I would put the next five things on the list in favor of Stroud which is size, arm strength, durability. All those are factors. And you look at Tua's history down in Miami, that has to be a little bit of a concern. And I think when people see uh, Bryce Young, when, they at the, when they're at the combine, now he won't work out there, but he'll be there probably. They'll do his the holiday, right? His yeah, pro day. Yeah, exactly. You're going to see this guy's a lot smaller than you like, and I think that's going to hurt him a little bit. I think the game that Stroud had against Georgia, I think he's going to wind up as the first pick in the draft. Market has moved towards Bryce Young at DraftKings right now. Number one pick, Bryce Young, minus 120. C.J. Stroud, plus 200. Wow. By the way, kudos to both those guys putting their best foot forward in the biggest stages of their lives. When we come back, let's talk some college basketball with them all and I right here on Big Bets on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is 
finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock, he might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VEASAN betting splits are a great way for you as a VEASAN Pro subscriber to keep up with everything that's going on in the world of sports betting, including how the numbers are changing. Money and bets for every single game. They are updated every 10 minutes. You get today's games and future events as well. So VEASAN betting splits is just another way to keep you ahead of the game. As a VEASAN Pro subscriber, go to VEASAN.com and check out VEASAN betting splits. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. We roll on this edition of Big Bets here on a Tuesday. Let's get to college basketball here in Mall. And what I love about doing the shows with you, you know me. I'm going to tell you if I'm watching and if I'm not. I've been locked in, obviously, with the college bowl season, with the NFL. You keep your eye on everything going on, and certainly in the college basketball world. I look to you for knowledge and insight. Rock, Chalk, Jayhawk on the road. Man, now we're starting to get in some doozy of conference games here. Taking on Texas Tech here. Right now, you get the Red Raiders plus $1.05 on the money line. Kansas, like, some of the people now new to the space are going to go, wait, number three in the country against unranked Texas Tech? Well, I got to lay the point and a half. What's the danger in the number three team in the country going on the road in the conference? Great question, Dave. And uh, it's funny. A friend of mine was asking about this game. He goes, how can you not take KU here? Because I said it's a house of horrors at times <laughs> when you go on the road to Lubbock. Look, the one thing in the Big 12 you'll notice is these teams going on the road, you're not going to win a ton of games. There's really no easy spot throughout the conference season this year. Right. Texas barely survived at Lloyd Noble on Saturday against Boomer Sooner. They escaped with a one-point win. Now KU on the road. This is a game they could and should win. 
Uh, this is they're going to need Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick both to play extremely well. Kevin McCuller, he played for Texas Tech, now coming back to uh, Lubbock. He'll have an opportunity to have a good game here. But I look at this Red Raiders team. They're going to defend you as soon as you get off the plane. They may not be as good as they were under uh, Chris Beard defensively, mm-hmm. but still, O'Banner and Batcho are still a very good team. This is a very good team. This will not be an easy game. Should be a competitive, fun game. This is one day, for me personally, I would wait for an in-game opportunity. Don't have a lean one way or the other in this matchup between these two. Okay, so very quickly, just to, to that point, for those that remember the, the great run Chris Beard had at Texas Tech before, of course, going to Texas, got his issues there, now currently uh, suspended as the head coach of the University of Texas. What does Texas Tech look like post-Chris Beard? So you mentioned they still have some good athletes, yeah. but we knew you mentioned defending off the bus. Like, that's what we want to do. That's right. the calling card. That's what Chris Beard had. It's, can they still do it with that intensity? And I look at the total at 141, and I'm thinking – Sometimes you think defense, you think low scoring, but really defenses can turn you over and lead to easy buckets. Absolutely. But, it, you know, to me, the one thing about Texas Tech that I look at under Mark Adams, he's a great defensive coach. Mm-hmm. He's done a really nice job. They just don't get the same level of athlete. Like Terrence Shannon's a perfect example. Terrence Shannon now at Illinois, tremendous player. But at Texas Tech, he was a difference maker in terms of what he could do offensively. They just don't have necessarily those types of guys. And I think that's what's uh, hurting them a little bit. And the league is so deep for me. This may not be the best league overall. I, I think the SEC is really good. Uh, but I think from top to bottom, without question, in my opinion, there's not a tougher league than the Big 12. You know, Kansas, when you're reigning defending, sometimes, it, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? Mm-hmm. What about Bill Self's team now that his uh, suspension is over? He's back to coaching. That's in the marketplace. They're 14 to 1 to repeat. It's hard to do, man. We just don't see it in college basketball year in and year out. So, yeah, they're third in the country. Yeah, they're the defending champs. Are they on par with last year's championship team? They're not. They're not quite as good. They don't have, uh, I would say, the same talent, but they could potentially get there. Look, when I look at college basketball right now, I've got four teams that stand out to me. I don't know if they can necessarily win the national title or will win the national title, but I've got UConn and Houston in tier one. Okay. And then just slightly below, I would look at Tennessee, Arizona, and then if Chris Beard comes back to Texas, be, uh, because Marcus Carr's at the guard position there, I would look at that team as well because the way they'll defend. Look, Purdue's, they lost last night to Rutgers on a three-pointer at the end. However, I, I don't think Purdue and Matt Painter and company have not proven it in the tournament. I don't like them as much. I think when I look at the third tier, I look at UCLA. I look at some of the other teams around the country right hmm. now in terms of Alabama. Um, you know, those are teams, Kansas, Virginia, all teams that could potentially compete for a national title. Uh, Kentucky, I'll put in the mix. They got to have some more consistency. But other than that, I, Arkansas is dealing with injuries. Nick Smith is down with an injury. That hurt them a lot. Uh, Brazil's down with an injury. That hurts them. I, I don't see other teams being able to do it. Gonzaga doesn't have the guard play. Uh, Bama's not consistent enough. Miller's unbelievable. But aside from him, I, I just don't see it with that team. My uh, Purdue ticket Final Four last year still uh, stings the nostrils. 18-1 to right now for Boiler Up. Uh, to get back into that type of position and cut down the nets. You handicapped, basically, when you said Houston and UConn is your top two. That is the top two in the betting market, as you saw there, uh, at 7-1 for Houston and 12-1 for UConn. Very quickly, I just want to ask about North Carolina. Weren't they just number one in the country like a week ago, and now they're 40-1 to to win the national championship? What in the wild, wild world of sports is going on down there in Durham? Well, if you listen when Femi and I had our rant about Hubert Davis, and he was the public defender for Hubert, I told you Hubert can't coach. And somehow this— Shots at Femi when he it's can't not, defend. It's not a cheap shot. I'm just himself. telling you, I'm not wrong when I call out coaches. 
I said Willie Taggart would get fired very quickly. Yep. I said Brian Harson was a terrible hire at Auburn. I'm, I'm, let me tell you right now, fit. Look, I look at Hubert Davis. He's he's a tremendous shooter in the history of the NBA. Mm-hmm. But I need a guy that's winning living rooms. I need a personality that can get people to buy in. I just don't see it with him. Bill Self is one of the best you'll ever see. If you were fortunate enough to ever cover the Big 12 and you covered Bill Self, there's a couple things you realize right away. Guys love playing for him, mm-hmm. and you as a media member like dealing with him. And I think that matters, by the way. It, well, it's just things. a personality thing. Muscleman's the same way at, at Arkansas. That's why you get guys in there. I look at Carolina long term. Maybe they have a bounce back this year because they still have talent on this team with Love and, of course, Baycott in the post. They're just not as good. Uh, uh, Pete Nance, excuse me, uh, is it Pete Nance? Or, yeah, Larry Nance is his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's been okay for them to the transfer from Northwestern. I think Carolina can be effective in this ACC. I think the best team in this league right now is still Virginia. Duke, if the talent starts to rise to the surface, has an opportunity. But I just don't think Carolina and Duke are as good as the experienced Virginia Cavaliers this year in the league. Syracuse is 30,000 to 1. You know, it's funny you brought up Syracuse. and I, I wish I had the numbers in front of me. I was talking to a friend of mine about Syracuse, and we said, it is unbelievable. Who's the AD there, Daryl Goss? I believe so. Okay. So Darryl is Daryl still there? Yeah, I, I, I think, think he is. The... Um, you know, he doesn't have the guts to go fire no, Jim Beheim. Nor should he. He 100% should. No, he's got a lifetime. He should have a lifetime pass as the head coach at Syracuse. Amal, have you been to Syracuse? I've been to Syracuse There's a long time. There's nothing else there other than Syracuse basketball. You That's ever been, it. You ever been to uh, Spokane, Washington? Mm-mm. What else is going on out there in Mountains. Eastern Washington? This seems like a beautiful city. It, it's The, the area is beautiful. The people are very nice. There's nothing but, else but to Mark do in Syracuse. Few, has had the premier program. I know they haven't won a national title for the last decade in college basketball. Yeah. And that is not the easiest place to go get talent. At least with Syracuse, you're only a few hours away from New York City. You can go get kids. A few kids. hours? You got to drive, like, no, drive like eight hours. You got to go all the way down. It's a long trip. Are you still driving 55 when the speed limit's 65? Okay. <laughs> but all I'm saying is when you look at Bayheim's record at Syracuse, this program should have moved on. I'm going to read you real quickly since 16, 17, 19 and 15, 23 and 14, 20 and 14, 18 and 14. 18 and 10, 16 and 17, 9 and 5. They're paying this guy three to four million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been working for free. Get rid of him. It's time to bring in new blood. I'm going to disagree, counselor. I, I just, like, I just, I just worry that, like we talked about with Duke, we'll find out what it is, what it looks like with John Shire going forward. Mm-hmm. We're finding out what it's going to look like with Hubert Davis going forward at UNC. One day we'll find out what it looks like without Jim Beheim at Syracuse. I don't know if it's going to be very pretty. That, that's my worry for some of these great. Legendary basketball programs. Once you lose the kingpin, what does the rest of the program look like? UNC, we'll see. Duke, so far so good. By the way, Duke right now twenty to one on the board to win the national championship first K, first year without K. Do you know what April seventh, two thousand twenty three is? April seventh, twenty twenty three. Yeah. That will be the 20-year anniversary of Syracuse winning the national championship. Very good. Very impressive. All I'm saying is it's been two decades since you've been relevant. Do you know how many dudes have come through that program and how many squandered opportunities have been there? Hakeem Warwick with the block. You're lucky Hack was on that team. Listen, that zone is dated. <laughs> Go back to the Virginia game a few years ago when they won the national title. Yeah. Guy, Snyder, uh, and all those guys absolutely crushed them. They did. Uh, all I'm saying is that I think at some point in time, none of these coaches work for free. Just because you were a legend 20 years ago doesn't mean your legend is still in place. you got to move on. Hey, people get it. Listen, if Wayne Gretzky and Joe Montana can be let go and traded, anybody else is expendable in sports. Montana got the Chiefs to an AFC title game. Nobody but remembers that. He played that great Monday night game that season against yeah. uh, Denver. J.J. Burden was one of the wide receivers. I mean, yeah. like that's how great Joe Montana was. He took the Chiefs back then to the title game. 
All I'm saying, it's time for the Q's to move on. I don't mind them toiling in anonymity there in the ACC. It's fine. Uh, very quickly, uh, Q's, by the way, on the road tonight, going to lay nine against Louisville. This, uh, Kenny Payne's team is in trouble. These guys can't shoot the ball consistently well. Real uh, issues in terms of offense of what they're able to do. This should be a game that I think Syracuse can actually cover on the road. What? Q's on the road. We're going to lay nine against the Ville? Uh, let, let me tell you something. Louisville is like a whorehouse. Everybody's going to be scoring. <laughs> look, I never thought I'd see the demise of the L like this. I mean, look, we, we've seen it before with sanctions, right? Ricky Patino had to come in there, clean it up. I don't know if that's the right terminology. I would hire Rick Patino today if my program had a vacancy. That guy is going to get me to, if you're a power five, he's going to get you to a final four in four years. Wow. We'll talk more college basketball later on in the program. But when we come back, Premier League is back. Amal, that means I need you to break down some winners across the big pond. Come on back. We'll talk more football, but a different variety. Next on Big Bets here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Sends big bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of VSEN Big Bets is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches. This is a surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Most nicotine products are either too complicated to use or don't provide the satisfaction that you're looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus, it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. So buy Zen online. Find a store near you at zen.com, that's E-Y-N.com, and buy it today. Warning, this product does contain nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. We roll on this edition of Big Bets again. We're going to have Frank Schwab talking all things NFL at the top of the hour. We're going to have Wes Reynolds join us uh, in the bottom half of hour number two. We'll talk some college basketball and also a little bit uh, some golf with Wes. Because you know, like, I know Kelly and I are excited to find some winners out there in the futures market. I... I don't play as much golf as I should them all. And I'm out here in the desert and I don't really have an excuse anymore. I'm just getting older. I got to find a golf range. I got to get out there and I need to grind. I need to get my game back in shape because I love the game of golf. And it will be taken away from you kids if you don't get it out there and practice. He's acting like there's some prize pool at the end of this thing. I'm like, what, what are you kidding me? I stopped golfing in 06. I said, what's the point in getting what's the point in getting angry and spending all this money? There's a lot of other things I can waste my money on. Amal, I did it for like 20 years. I officially retired three months ago. Is you that put what out I a statement? Did yeah. you put out a statement? I did. I thought I did it in here. You did show. give me one personal statement. I didn't know if you typed it up and, and put it out there to the VC. No, I, I haven't done that yet, Dave, but it might as well be. I put I put the clubs away in the in the little storage closet. But you didn't give them away. You, you haven't thrown away the clubs. No, I put, ah, put them in the storage closet. See, they're still there. Well, he hey, still hey, has hey, the clubs. You miss a putt and take the putter and just put a huge divot in the green. A friend of mine went, it was <laughs> apoplectic when I did it. He's like, you can't do that. You I can't said, do that. who cares? That. I paid 100 bucks. I'll do whatever the hell I want. There, there's a reason why you can't officially retire the golf clubs forever, Dave. Because you never know if business needs to get done on a golf course. Right. Gets done all the time on a golf course. Say John Goulet comes in, right? John was just in here, right? And John says, hey, I'm all. We're going to go play nine. You're like, oh. John better have his insurance policy updated because I might take that putter out for other reasons. <laughs> we'll catch up with the West and talk about some of the golf futures that he sees out there. But I do want to talk a little soccer here. Premier League mm -hmm. is back. I'm you, you follow this stuff very, very closely. So, again, I lend to your expertise, uh, certainly at the timing of this. So, we get done with the World Cup. Yep. Right, it was exhilarating in Argentina. Everybody had those tickets. They cashed those. 
explain to the people now that are kind of newer to the soccer world now that maybe bet on the World Cup for the first time. Now the Premier League is back. Is it a recharge of the batteries for the soccer community? How long does it really take to get back in, in running? Well, this is an unprecedented territory because there's never been a winter break like this for this length. So okay. this is uncharted territory, but got a great matchup on tap today. Looking forward to this one between Arsenal and Newcastle. It goes in about 15 minutes. Uh, you know, you have two teams that are at the top three of the standings of the Premier League right now. For people that are unfamiliar, I love the way the league is structured. You play 38 games uh, just 20 teams in the league. So you play one home and away with every team in the okay. league. And right now, Arsenal sitting at 43 points, Newcastle at 36. So a great opportunity. Uh, this one going to be taking place uh, at Arsenal. So if you if you like the, the Gunners, great opportunity in this matchup. I haven't seen the price yet. I think they're about 130 to 140 in this one. Yep, minus uh, 135 is what I'm seeing for Arsenal. Yeah, and so the Gunners have been tremendous this year. Uh, good opportunity in this matchup. But Newcastle United, give them credit. They've had a great season so far in terms of what they've been able to do. Should be a fun one here between these two. Really important in terms of the Premier League standings. If you're Newcastle and you want to have a shot at getting to the top of the league, this is one you've got to at least come away with a point. But more importantly, really, you want to try and get three points on the road. It's not going to be easy to do. But if they can do this one here, uh, if they can do it in this one, that will be huge for them going forward. Okay, you see you've got uh, some other matches on the docket today as they get back. You mentioned the delay, obviously, with the mm -hmm. World Cup. So you kind of shut it down and then restarted here. Yeah. Is there a danger in betting these games, uh, these matches here, right off the jump, off the restart, if you will? Like, which teams do you think will handle it better versus others and how it affects them with this long layoff? Yeah, it's hard to say, right? It depends on, you know, the preparation. Now, um, many of the teams who didn't have players participating in the World Cup played some uh, friendlies against some other clubs okay. and things like that. So you do have guys that are in shape, but this should be interesting. Good opportunities here. Uh, Leicester City takes on Fulham today uh, in this matchup. They're at home. At, you know, the one thing I look at with Leicester right now is, uh, you know, They've just been inconsistent. They've not had a good season. You would expect a lot better sitting at 13th in the table right now, just 17 points. But at King Power today at home, should have an opportunity to be able to get the three full points here against Fulham, who's ahead of them in the in the standings right now. But I think this is a game that Leicester could potentially come through on. Draw might not be a bad price here, plus 260 as well. Everton against Brighton here. You see Brighton's going to be plus $1.15. Everton plus 245 uh, and then you're going to you look at it, maybe a draw there plus 250. Any early handicap in that match? Yeah, the one thing I would point to is Everton has not been able to score a ton so far this year. Uh, you see them sitting at just 13 goals on the season and 17 games played. Uh, Brighton much more offensive here. I would look at Brighton despite the fact that they're on the road here today in this one at Goodison Park. I, I think Brighton the plus 115 price is not a bad play despite being on the road. Haven't seen much out of Everton that makes me confident in this team today. You know, I look at the in the futures market here for the Premier League, and again, we're talking about coming off the layoff here uh, from the World Cup, getting back into it. And I see you can you have some options here: winner without Man City and Liverpool, right? And that's where you got Arsenal. You know, you, you're laying uh, ten dollars here. You got Newcastle as the first plus money at eight to one. Uh, you're looking at Tottenham at uh, 40 to one, some long sh longer shots. Chelsea at 50 to one. It looks like it's Arsenal or bust if you're doing that uh, without Man City and Liverpool. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. You see the odds, the way they're stacked so far. I mean, right now, um, I'm a little bit surprised though Man City is sitting as the favorite. I would mm. look at the Gunners. I think they've got a great shot to be able to win this league. Like them a lot. I mean, you look at seven points clear right now. Still a long way to go. I think they've got, what, 21 games remaining on the schedule. Uh, actually, 22, including today. So 
Long way to go, but I, I love the way uh, this team has been playing so far this year. And again, depending on the book, you know, I'm reading out one here, uh, say at DraftKings, that you can find without Man City and Liverpool. Do you like to do some of those alternate choices where you take out a couple clubs and see where those numbers stack up? In in terms of, like, you're talking about some long shots, or what are you referring yeah, to? Yeah, like, futures odds without those two. Without, without those the top two. Teams. I don't take... know why Liverpool's excluded this year. But... Right. So, like, this one, it, you know, for instance, again, it's the winner without Man City and Liverpool. Because, again, you take out Man City, now they're not even a big favorite. So, I don't think you would like that because you, you're you not going to bet on Man City as a small favorite right now, minus $1.35. So, why take them off this this uh, updated one where you take off a couple clubs and you're just not going to get that good of odds? Arsenal then becomes the overwhelming favorite in this this situation. There's another one here that I see them all. The winner without the big six. So really, yeah. that's where Newcastle now becomes, uh, you know, a ten to one betting favorite, and then it goes to Brighton as the second at plus seven to one. So like you have these huge flips once you take out the big six. So these are alternate markets out there. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool, and you can take a look at it now. Is this in terms of how they finish in terms of the Premier League standings? Obviously, they don't have to win the right. win the league, but just how they finish. Yeah, I think there's some good opportunities there for sure. But right now, when you look big picture, and many people are only going to have the option to win the league. You know, Man City's been a prohibitive favorite before the season started. I don't think we expect to see uh, Mikel Arteta's team play as well as they have. I mean, look, I get you're not an overwhelming favorite in terms of where you're sitting. 43 points to 36, both teams with 16 matches played. But to me, I think you have to look at Arsenal. Getting that seven points clear right now is so huge. Good opportunity against a very good Newcastle team to be able to add three more. Uh, you're at home today. Uh, at the Emirates, great opportunity to get three. And I, I think they should be able to get the three today. Very quickly in a bigger picture, when you look at the world, look, I don't know that there's anything that touches the World Cup, certainly mm -hmm. for, for soccer, right? For like the gravitas of winning the World Cup, we just saw what it meant for Argentina. And now you go back into the Premier League. Winning the Premier League, how do you measure up? Nothing's going to measure up to the World Cup. Yeah. But where is it in the pecking order? I would say depending on the club. Uh, because if you're Man City winning the Premier League, okay, it's great. For Arsenal to get back up there would be fantastic. Um, but to me, if you're Man City, you've got to win the Champions League. This mm. is this is where you are. When you look at Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Byron, when you look at PSG, when you look at Liverpool, Man City, you are measured against the best clubs in the world. You spend the most money. You have the greatest revenues. For people that are unfamiliar, the Premier League, League, League allows you to spend – I think it's 110 or 120% of revenue for salaries. Mm. That's why a club like Bournemouth doesn't have the capability until they build a bigger stadium of being able to compete with the Man Cities and the other clubs of the world. you got to give Man City a ton of credit what they've been able to do ever since uh, the ownership changed about 10, 12 years ago, maybe a little bit further back than that in terms of where they're sitting at. Now they've become one of the premier five, six clubs in the world. Uh, so I think there are certain clubs – Manchester United, I should have included in that group, but they haven't been as good last, you know, half a dozen years. I think when you look at these teams, it's about winning in Europe, being the best club in Europe. And Manchester that's your city plus 170 to win the Champions League. That restarts in February. Yeah. Is that, uh, are we in the round of 16 then? We're out of group stage? I, I believe so, yes. So when, when Leicester was the huge underdog. 5,001 when Leicester won it, yep. Wow. So, like, I'm trying to put that in, like, in the World Cup context. That would be like the that would be like Qatar winning the World Cup. <laughs> now that makes betting sense <laughs> to me. Uh, where that upset uh, comes in the realm of sporting upsets, maybe one of the better you've seen across any league for what they were able to do at that price point. I think it'd be the all timer.
That's the number one. That that surpasses Buster Douglas. That surpasses Villanova over Georgetown. Yeah. That surpasses anything. Woo! By the way, you know, the night of Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson, mm-hmm. no numbers in Las Vegas that night. Very interesting to me. I'm sure you could find them at some faraway places. I thought places. Jimmy Baccaro had him at 42 to 1. Oh, did Jimmy have a yeah. number on? Okay, yeah, Mirage, well, yeah. I, I, I'm still fascinated by that, the way that went down in Tokyo uh, one fine night in March. All right, when we come back, Derek Carr, we don't think he's going to be in the desert next year. Where will he be? We'll give you some numbers associated next here on Big Bets. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth. On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. And the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. 
Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Winter sports are in full swing, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday hockey first goal insurance bet, Sunday football parlay insurance bet, and more. It is a whole new ball game. Well, we roll on this edition of Big Bets here on Vista and Dave Ross and Amal Shaw, and out here in the desert. You know, Kelly Bidwin, it's great to have Kelly back behind the glass. We're talking about Derek Carr during mm-hmm. the break, and he's like, "Did I, did I miss something?" He's away for Christmas break and the New Year, and the whole. Yeah, dude, you missed a little bit on Derek Carr, Kelly. I saw he got benched. Understandable. Your team's out of it. Whatever. Yeah, but you get benched. Like Derek Carr is the ultimate team guy. Like he's he's the guy, man. I'm gonna if something happens, and I'm gonna be there for my teammates. And then, okay, Kelly's well, yeah, he gets benched. That happens. Well, you know what normally doesn't happen. Oh, you bench me? I'm taking a sabbatical from the team. I will be leaving the premises. I won't be at the facility. I won't be at the games. I'm not backing up Jared Stidham. So good luck, Jared. You're on your own, kid. I'm gone. So this leads to what we do in our business, speculation. What's going to happen to Derek Carr? If you saw Devontae Adams before the game, by the way, against the Niners, Devontae was questioning, why am I here? Well, what's going on here? We saw Josh Jacobs. By the way, his contract is not uh, necessarily going to be renewed. they got to do a new one because they didn't pick up the fifth-year option. That seems like a mistake now by the front office. So they get a lot of guys. And I'm not talking about guys. I'm talking about Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, the three key cogs of your offense going, what the hell is going on out here in the desert? So the speculation immediately says that Derek Carr, he gone, and he's not coming back to the desert. So there are odds out there in the land of where we work that say where would Derek Carr wind up next season? Now, isn't it ironic that the overwhelming favorite, if you will, that was Alanis Morissette, by the way. Don't you think? That the Colts are plus 275. Isn't that ironic? That the Colts might go the same route that they always seem to go, i.e., what's Derek Carr, 10-year veteran? He's no spring chicken. Let's go with the veteran guy because that's worked out really well for the Colts. We're on the third iteration. Can't do it anymore. So you're telling me the Colts have plus 275, Kelly, in them all. You can't take that bet because Colts fans are going to go, we've done this year in and year out. We've gone Phillip Rivers. We've gone Carson Wentz. We've gone Matty Ice. None of it's working. We're going to do the same formula and go get Derek Carr. Just just like I was the guy that was Vikings, Vikings, Vikings every year, and it hasn't worked up until this year. I've also been that guy every year that's been like, the Colts, they're making the right decision this year. And and I said that with Matt Ryan, and I was dead wrong. This organization cannot keep doing this. That's the small betting favorite, Maul, plus 275, that Derek Carr ends up in Indianapolis. Where's the Raiders on that list? 30 to one reminder. He just signed a three year, $121.5 million contract extension. Oh, in April. And, uh, you know, they signed a, they signed this wide receiver that uh, he used to play with. Oh, Fresno state. Yeah. I think in college, Devontae yeah. Adams, uh, counselor, know, would you to one really jumped out to me? Let me, let me put it that way. Well, counselor, would you like to approach the bench and, and make your case? 
Well, first of all, it's a $5 million dead cap hit if you release him after the Super Bowl. Next year, he's $29 million against the cap. Look, Jared Stidham played well against the 49ers, mm-hmm. but Sanford, I don't put stock in how teams play. Like Minnesota got absolutely dusted up at Lambeau. I don't look at that game as anything because when you've got certain things wrapped up, even though you could potentially leap up to one, what have you, just doesn't seem like the effort is the same. My question to you is, though, who is the replacement for this uh, quarterback situation in Vegas? Is it Jared Stidham? Are you going to be able to convince Devontae Adams not to sit, to sit there and hold out if it's Jared Stidham? Well, see, Kelly doesn't read into as much as I read into this. I think he's gone. I think this is a clear demarcation line between he and Josh McDaniels, right, that it can't be bridged. Now, we did see a similar situation with Kevin Durant in the offseason where he said, hey, I want Steve Nash gone. I want the GM gone. I want everybody gone. And if they're not gone, I'm gone. Well, he wasn't gone. And he came back. And matter of fact, you could have cashed some tickets because the overwhelming yep. consensus was Kevin Durant's gone. I, I just didn't think. I thought Sean Marks was smart enough not to trade him because you're never going to get the return value on Kevin Durant. So that's why I didn't think they'd make that move. The NFL is different. You'd have to release the player. But here's the question. You know, this was a friend of mine always used to bring, you know, Calvin Watkins we have on the show. Yeah. I always used to say, well, you got to get somebody to replace Tony, Tony Romo. He goes, fine. He goes, who's your replacement? And I didn't have somebody. And. That's the yeah. same point I make here. You replaced Derek Carr. Who's your replacement? Are you going through with Jared Stidham no. against Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes? Oh, he's probably better than Russell Wilson right now. <laughs> yes, yeah, he is. But, but we we talk about this all the time, right? How many, how many, and how few good quarterbacks there are in the NFL, right? And I'm not saying Derek Carr. Oh, he's a good quarterback. Belongs in that group, but he definitely doesn't belong in the group of. Uh, he's a one-year starter. Let's move on after no this year. He, so I'm with them all. Where the heck are the Raiders turning to? Well, here's what I think they're doing, boys, is they're going to say, Josh McDaniels, I am running the show now. And this this is a power play. This is a, Derek Carr was not my guy. I inherited Derek Carr. He was here before I got here. Now I get here, I kick the tires on Derek Carr. It ain't going to work with what I want to do. So, Derek Carr, your services are no longer needed in the desert. I'll draft my kid. Now, that's a lot of capital that Mark Davis in the front office has to say, we believe in you, Josh McDaniels, to get this right. We've talked about it, boys. This is a great, we think, we think it's going to be a great quarterback draft. Kenny Pickett was the only first-round quarterback drafted last year, 20th overall. Looks like Pittsburgh got that right, right now in the short term. The Raiders are a non-playoff team. So we already know the pecking order, where they're going to be. Look, we've talked about it. Like If Houston, if you're the number one pick, and then Josh McDaniels gets jumpy. I really like a C.J. Stroud. I really like a Bryce Young. I really like a Will Levis. Who knows? There could be a lot of movement for teams that are in the teens that need a quarterback and think that they won't be there when they draft. Houston is not going to move from the one spot. They can't because they need to sell tickets and get people back in there and get a franchise quarterback. You've gone three straight years now. Watson didn't play the last couple of years. And then you've got a situation with um, Davis Mills and uh, Kyle Allen. You're not winning with those guys. You've got to take a quarterback. There's more value in taking the quarterback that can help your franchise than getting three first-round picks if he's the right guy. I agree that they would take one, but they got collateral. They've they've got you right now if you're a team looking to jump up. And I'm not saying that's exactly what the Raiders are going to do. I don't think this is an audition for Jared Stidham. I think this is a, a way to say, is Jared Stidham my backup? Like, is I he, would agree with you. Like that, that's the way it feels to me. And I think he's proving that, uh, you know, one showing against the Niners, his first career start, I think he set a Raiders record for, for a first start. Like, he showed some wares that, like, I'm an NFL quarterback. Am I a starting quarterback? Probably not. But at least I'm a backup. 
So the Colts are the short favorite. I'm with Kelly in this. I don't know how you keep doing the same model, but Derek Carr is an upgrade. There's no other way around that. And he'd be an upgrade in in New York with the Jets or Jersey. I mean, that's the team. The like Jets that, are the team. I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, that's the one. If the they, Je- they should be tripping over themselves to try to sign someone like Derek Carr. But don't you think that Jimmy G plays into the Jets because of Robert Sala and his relationship with Jimmy in their Niner days? Okay, quick question. Who's a better quarterback, Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo? I'd rather have Derek Carr. Derek Carr. And I like Jimmy G. Well, I think we're all on board on that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Now, we don't know if Robert Sala is, though, because, of, you know, sometimes you get these personal vibes and they, they maybe they, they – Mess up your, your judgment a little bit, but I think the three of us believe that Derek Carr is better than Jimmy G. The only issue I'd have with Derek Carr going to the Jets, and I I would not bet the Colts, but to me, the Jets, the Titans, and Patriots all look more interesting. The Commanders. The Patriots. Look, Mac Jones isn't the guy, and Michael Lombardi made a great point. He goes, the offensive line play is inconsistent. To me, though, I look at the Jets, the Titans, the Pats, and the Commanders. If they all bring him in, I think they all of a sudden become contenders within their respective divisions. Wow. Because you've got players on the perimeter that can make plays for you. Maybe not as much with Tennessee, but you've got the running game. Mm-hmm. I look at Washington. If I'm a quarterback, I want to go to Washington. Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and, and a defense. And uh, Jahan Dotson. Yeah, you got talent. Young you talent. Got, you got good young players there. Um, well, I mean, Samuel's what, sixth year? Uh, uh, Terry McLaurin, fourth year? Uh, Don- John Dotson's a rookie? I mean, you got big time guys there. I-, I think they can win right there. Brian Robinson's looking like an absolute stud at running back. Give him an entire season where he's not recovering from an uh, off field shooting. I mean, this guy looks like he's going to be an absolute dude. I, I like Washington. Um, the Jets, I still think with that defense, you got a young Garrett Wilson. You've got uh, uh, some other receivers there that are pretty solid. I, I like that team. You know, I got to tell you something, guys. I, in back in my DC days, we had him on the program yesterday. Lorenzo Alexander, the one man gang, right? Mm-hmm. And Zoe and I were in DC together. We were wrapping up a show, and, and he, I'm saying goodbye to him because he's just signed a new deal with the Arizona Cardinals at the time, and he's leaving DC after a double de- decade, uh, you know, year career in DC. And I said, "Man, you don't have a quarterback." And he goes, "What are you talking about?" And I go, "Well, yeah, you got Carson Palmer, Palmer yeah. right? You retread." And he goes. No, no, we're excited. Veterans like to play with veterans. They don't necessarily want to wait for the kids to get up to speed. So whoever gets a Derek Carr, the veterans in that locker room are going to be excited about that. We might not be excited. The fan bases might not be excited. You know, prognosticators. But the players normally get excited about veterans because they know they can play. You know, right now in the NFL, there's no mid-90s Cowboys. There's no 2007 Patriots. I think a guy like Carr goes somewhere. They all of a sudden have an impact on some of the teams we talked about. I wonder if it could be a Carson Palmer situation. Again, all the way to an NFC title game when he was there in the desert. All right, when we come back, Frank Schwab is going to join us to talk more things NFL here on Big Bets on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.